Today on the Word Preacher Podcast, how the fear of good works can keep people from Christ, Jesus stills the tempest, and Jesus handles a legion of evil spirits. I'm Brett Jensen, and this is the Word Preacher Podcast. All right, uh, today we are looking at Matthew 8 and 9 and Mark 2 through 5. So we'll cover some miracles. We'll look at uh, some impressive things that Jesus did uh, as he was starting his ministry near the Sea of Galilee. Um, in Mark chapter 2, one of the first examples that uh, we'll touch on in today's reading uh, there was a man who had a debilitating disease, palsy, so he was immobile, um, and he wanted to be healed. He wanted to come to Christ. He had four friends that attempted to bring him to where Christ was teaching, but they could not get him into the house. Undeterred, they took part of the roof apart and lowered him in. Uh, I think this is kind of an amazing story. He he then comes in, this man being lowered on the bed uh, before Jesus uh, by his friends. Um, uh, he needed help to get to Christ. Uh, and I think that that's an important concept. I think there are a lot of people, a, a lot of well-meaning Christians, who want to emphasize how important it is that we have enough faith, that we don't allow other things to stand between us and God. And there is a danger, a real danger, that even Jesus himself pointed out about people who think that if they check enough good deeds off of a checklist, that they qualify themselves for the kingdom of God, which is not true. That is not true. But I worry that hyper-focus on this faith-only, no works, lest any man should boast, um, which does, as I mentioned, have basis in truth, but I worry the hyper-focus um, could keep people from getting to Christ. I mean, he needed help, literal physical help, to get to Christ to receive what he needed. Um, and I think that this is a function that is really effectively handled or, or helped by a church when people who share faith can help one another come to Christ. That's so much more powerful than trying to have each of these individuals stab at it themselves that doesn't mean that you shouldn't work on it yourself. But even if you're doing okay, maybe there's something that you can do to help someone else. And church provides that benefit. Um, we should be willing to put in work uh, for the good of a church to help people around us, our family and friends and neighbors, 
come to Christ. And you don't have to worry, oh, well, maybe they don't need to come to Christ. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. Um, additionally, I think that uh, the end of this story, he comes in and he's still there after doing all of that work. He's still there at the mercy of Jesus, who has an option to do what he wants. And he has the hope that the mercy and compassion of Christ will make a difference. And of course it does, but in a way that people do not initially anticipate. Jesus says to him, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. And of course, a lot of the people in the room say, well, who can forgive sins but God only? This is blasphemy. Um, and he questions, he knows what they're thinking, and he questions them, um, asking, you know, what's what's easier, me to heal him or forgive his sins? Well, of course, it's easier to say forgive sins, but uh, let me, just to show that I am capable of doing things that you are not, he turns to him and tells him to take up his bed and walk, which he does. Uh, he is healed. Uh, and it demonstrates uh, the point. Um, so a couple of things on those events. First of all, uh, God has literally, it is true, the, the critique that some of the people said, who can forgive sins but God only? That's true. Only God can forgive sins. But God has complete confidence and trust in his son, his beloved son, Jesus Christ. Uh, and so Jesus is able, through this divine investiture of authority, to speak as though he were the Father. Frequently he does, in various places, speak as though he is the Father, and it is appropriate because of the trust that God places in him. The other thing is how curious it is, as Jesus has previously, in a couple of examples, only done miracles for those that have faith first. And here we see a situation where there are a lot of people who are doubting, and he performs a miracle anyway. He gives them a sign, which is kind of counterintuitive. Why would he do that? Well, um, Obviously, there's the person who was helped. <laughs> I think that the faith of this person with the palsy who believed in Jesus ought to be taken into consideration. And I think the other thing that is important to consider is that this miracle was not convincing. Some people think that, oh, you know, if Jesus showed a sign or if these prophets could prove themselves uh, then other people would believe. But of course, that's nonsense. People will believe what they want to believe. It's not reason that compels people to do things. Reason can be persuasive, but it is by no means compulsive. And later, in Matthew chapter 11, um, he talks about Capernaum, this very town in which he performed this miracle. Uh, observing their state. Uh, he says, And now Capernaum, 
which art exalted unto heaven, shalt be brought down to hell. For if the mighty works which have been done in thee had been done in Sodom, it would have remained until this day. But I say unto you that it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom in the day of judgment than for thee. Harsh words, but clear that uh, when people are seeking for signs, they should understand all of that comes with a price. Obviously, the best circumstances are to pay the faith and invest the uh, effort and hope first. You do that first, and then the miracle comes. Uh, But if you don't, there is an expectation there. If you receive a sign, there's an expectation there. Um, And if you do not fulfill that expectation, it's not going to be good. Uh, So I think it's incredibly important when we're looking at these things and, and even the prevalence of miracles, being able to recognize miracles in our own lives uh, in modern times, that we understand uh, it, it is going to require faith. And we better pay that price. We better pay that price sooner rather than later. Don't wait to the day of judgment. Um, another individual, as we continue in the story, that paid the price. Uh, a centurion, a Roman soldier, came to Jesus. He uh, described one of his servants as also having palsy. Uh, and Jesus offered to come to this man's home and heal the servant. But the centurion protested. He usually, like when you go to God and he says, you know, I'm going to do this. If you were to go to Jesus and he says, this is my plan, I'd say, yeah, that's a good plan. We'll do whatever you want. But uh, the centurion speaks up. He protests that he is personally unworthy, but he faithfully requests that Jesus only speak the word, believing that his servant will be healed. Uh, Jesus recognizes the faith of this man above all of the people of Israel and uh, and says that it will be according to his faith. Uh, and then goes and finds that his servant is healed from that hour. I think that um, is an interesting approach to Jesus. The, the recognizing we need his help, but we want to make sure that you know, we deal with our position, that we are not worthy, that we are approaching him and asking for his mercy, and that we should not be um, expecting or should not feel entitled to anything from Jesus. Uh, He does things because of his love and mercy, not because we deserve them. In fact, even at the end of uh, this passage, Jesus observes, but the children of the kingdom shall be cast into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Uh, And so this really is the price of pride. If you think that you deserve all these things, you are going to find out that you don't. Better to humble ourselves like this centurion first.
All right. In the process of being around the Sea of Galilee, Jesus took several boat rides out. On one occasion, Mark gives an incredible story of, uh, of what occurred. It is one of the greatest in the New Testament. This is what it says. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awake him, and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind, and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was great calm. And he said unto them, Why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? And they feared exceedingly, and said one to another, What manner of man is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? I think that this story is incredible. It really is a sign that nothing is going to stop the work of God. He's on his journey, and sure, there's some storms and waves and unexpected things that can happen from time to time, but it's not going to stop God. His purposes will be accomplished. It brings to mind this quote that's attributed to Confederate General Stonewall Jackson. He's reported to have declared, Captain, my religious belief teaches me to feel as safe in battle as in bed. God has fixed the time for my death. I do not concern myself about that, but to be always ready, no matter when it may overtake me. Captain, that is the way all men should live, and then all men would be equally brave. I think that's really powerful, that we should have confidence that even though difficult times can arise, things aren't as bad as they seem. It's what President Hinckley loved to say. It's not as bad as it seems. It'll work out in the end. The good guys win. We can, we can be cheerful. We can be optimistic. And we can do what God asks with confidence that he will provide a way for us. Moving on, um, Jesus comes to a town uh, where there exists or where there lives a man with many unclean spirits dwelling inside of him. And he's just hanging out among a bunch of tombs. And occasionally people have tried to tame him, calm him down, bind him with chains. Nothing works. He was totally insane. Um, but he recognized Jesus, and he approached him. And Jesus asked, What is thy name? And he answered, saying, My name is Legion, for we are many. So Legion, this set of unclean spirits, petitions Jesus and asks that um, they be allowed to stay in this country, that he not send them away. And they ask, let us go into those swine. There were a bunch of pigs, apparently, being fed nearby. And uh, Jesus gives them permission to do this. So they enter into the pigs and cause that they go wild and trample down into the sea where they choke to death. Of course, the people who are feeding the pigs see this. And they get all these people to see where Jesus is. And lo and behold, here is the insane man who is sitting and clothed and in his right mind. And uh, 
They're not sure what to do, but they don't like it. Something is unfamiliar to them, and they ask Jesus to leave. Uh, this story is kind of interesting for several reasons. One of them, uh, which was kind of funny, one of the things I like to point out, of course, we know that these spirits were evil and not good because they destroyed all that beautiful bacon. <laughs> Um, of, of course, that's not the real reason, but, uh, uh, but it's, it's, it gives me a chuckle. Um, what we actually observe is that people are really, uh, uncomfortable with the truth. They can, uh, when it's something that's unexpected, unanticipated, uh, people would rather stay in something that's familiar and comfortable it can be hard to know the truth. Um, and they ask Jesus to leave because they don't understand who he is. I think that that's important for us to recognize this pattern so that we can be mindful of it when it occurs in us, as it surely will. Sometimes unexpected things will happen. Are we the type of people who will ask Jesus to leave when it becomes inconvenient? Hopefully not. Hopefully not. Uh, in the end, of course, there was no one like Jesus. That, Like the people who helped their friend with the palsy enter in uh, to, uh, to be healed of Jesus, we can help one another reach Christ. We have an obligation to help one another, to do the work that is necessary so that we can all grow closer to our Master Jesus Christ. We should have the courage to stay the course, uh, to stay with Jesus when times get difficult. Whether that's a storm in the Sea of Galilee, whether it's an unexpected bunch of pigs running into the ocean, whether it's something else that happens to us, we should keep in mind that Jesus is the Son of God. And even when something unexpected occurs, staying with him is the right call. I want to express appreciation to everyone who has supported the Word Preacher podcast. Next week, we will look at Matthew 10 through 12, Mark 2, Luke 7, and Luke 11, uh, focusing a lot on the apostles. Uh, of course, please continue to study from the Come Follow Me curriculum this week. Uh, there were other items that we did not cover in today's podcast, uh, so make sure you study those on your own. Um, and of course, as always, fight on.